0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. and I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be answering the question: Does a 20-year-old need estate planning documents completed? It's a really good question. I don't think you know. Alex and I have meetings with clients all the time where we're going into estate planning type conversations, and while we don't write up the documents, we're not estate planning attorneys. Uh, the conversations that come from or actually the results that come from those conversations are quite huge because I think oftentimes when people think of estate planning documents, Alex, I think they're thinking like billionaires, like estate planning. Like that's the type of estate planning stuff that they're, they think needs to get done, not around like what is it that they want their family to have taken care of for them or by them. Not only that, but they're also thinking like, oh, that's for old people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That might be the number one thing, right? Because I think yeah. – And what's scarier, even scarier about that is how many people that we talk to that are in their 60s and 70s don't even have the documents set up yet. Correct. Or haven't looked at the documents since they had their first child, right? Like the document itself is 30 or 40 years old. Well, right, and 30 or 40 years and like two kids. Right, and this isn't us mocking them. It's just, that's just how. Let's just face it. No one wants to talk about this. I'm not sure that Alex and I really enjoyed talking about this with our family. Right. Um but it, it needs to be talked. It needs to be spoken into because that last thing that I want is definitely fights over different items uh, with my family around stuff. Like it's really for my family that I'm protecting. Yeah. And well, that's, before that's we go the there, thing. though, what are you drinking today, Ryan? Oh, yeah. We're drinking this thing called beer. Um, I'm drinking Hustle Double IPA, and I just realized it's a 9% alcohol, so this should uh, be a good one. <laughs> uh, the uh, It's Fremont Brewery. I'm a big fan of Fremont Brewery. Obviously, we're in Seattle, so we're a little bit biased. But the can caught my attention. I'm like, you know what? Let's try that out. So uh, that's, that's the beer I'm having. It, it being a double makes sense why it's a 9%. What about you? Uh, so...
1: I'm drinking a Woodmer Hefeweizen. It's just the the American Hefeweizen. Clocks in about four point nine. Uh, it's a Hefeweizen, so it only has twenty six IBUs. Nothing super huge. Um, obviously Woodmer. Um, it's a Portland brewery, so it's uh, local to the Northwest here. Uh, not a
0: Washington beer, but uh, but a good one nonetheless. Yeah, it's uh, I like Woodmer Hefeweizen. Um, by the way, this uh, double IPA is pretty pretty tasty. So this should be fun towards the end for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let, let's get into this, right? So, let's answer the question: Does a twenty year old need an estate planning document? Uh, yes. Why? So many reasons. So well, many it dep- reasons. It depends, Ryan. Sorry, nope. I'm just nope. I'm mocking Alex. It, it doesn't I, depend. Great, like that's. <laughs> Like that's
1: what I hope is coming through here is normally I'm like a well maybe. But no, this is an a, a yes. A twenty year old needs estate planning documents and there are lots of reasons why. Um an example, a good buddy of mine was traveling abroad and wound up having a very severe health issue while traveling abroad. It is critical that you have the right type of documentation to make sure that you get the care that is needed, that you have the documents so that, that are needed so that people can like pay attention. Like, Does able the document to hold do weight it. internationally, Alex? I don't know what wound up happening in that particular situation. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, you're going to have some, like having a document and having the ability to access it through, through something like the living balance sheet that we use.
0: Yeah, that's going to be important. I mean, it's obviously better than nothing, right? So that that's definitely going to have a, a doctor comes in and sees that document. That's That should definitely some hold some weight, even though it's not maybe a document drummed up in Italy, for example. And
1: in that situation, they were traveling with family, so it, the situation was relatively oh, yeah. easy to solve. Right. But imagine, like, there are plenty of times when I was traveling in my early 20s with no family, like... I didn't have documents back then because I didn't know. And like, I can only imagine like what would happen if I had gotten seriously ill or had something else happen.
0: Yeah, so just add to, to another example. That's one example, my, my, I've got a personal example. So um, I'm not sure if I've ever spoken about my brother on this podcast. Um, my brother passed away in 2019 and he would have been 33 years old uh, at that time. And the learning curve that my parents and I got from the estate planning documentation during this was huge um, and not in a good way from the standpoint of the experience. It's huge now, now that I can speak into many different things. But what I'll have you, long story short, my brother, at some point later in his life, he, he wasn't really able to make a lot of decisions, right? He was so sick. And so kind of disoriented and really not there all the time that he couldn't make, it, it was hard for him to make any decisions. And, you know, he had a car bill. He had all these different things that had to get handled. But my parents nor myself had any right to any of this information because we, he did not have a power of attorney. Like he did not have that document listing. This would be my person that could have access to those type, that types of information. And so we had to go get an emergency power of attorney and that was a very hard experience. I I mean, it's, imagine being a parent, right? Imagine being a parent uh, and your child is in that state and you're worried about getting a power of attorney. You know, I stepped in to help as much as I can, but it still was difficult. And so there's many other things that that are, that occurred. I, I can't get, too deep into them without me completely losing it right now, but he's 33 years old and that document would have saved so much stress on my family. You can't well, even I can imagine that that wasn't a cheap document to go get, like going no, and getting a,
1: no, an emergency not. power of attorney is not inexpensive. Of course not.
0: So, so those are two examples of a person, people that are single in <laughs> younger why an estate planning a, a document is key. And so when, when we're talking about this, I brought a power of attorney, Alex. Let's, let's talk into the different documents that they should maybe consider having and, and what those documents do. Sure. Well, I mean, this is not a definitive list. It's also no, these are largely examples. based
1: on, like we are sitting here in the state of Washington. So we are much more familiar with Washington law than we are with, uh, other states and full disclosure we're not attorneys this is not legal advice like there are like go talk to an attorney is is the easy answer that we have for you but uh, kind of the base set of things that people wind up here um, are some sort of will so like what you want to have happen with your assets when you're not here um, this will help avoid it'll go through the probate process but you'll still wind up Having more say in it, as opposed to whatever the defaultive is, uh, is for the state that you live in, um, having some sort of medical directive. Um, sometimes this is called a living will. There's a host of different names for it, but like it's things like, what do you want to have happen? Do you want to have artificial food? Do you want to have artificial water? Uh, and artificial is the wrong term. It, like, do you want to have this stuff supplied to you? Do you want a machine breathing for you? Um, like, w- at what point do you want people to pull the pull the plug on the machines that are keeping you alive if that's if you end up in that situation. So it's the medical directives of of what you want done and how you want it done. And there's, you know, usually somewhere in the neighborhood of five to ten questions there. Um, you can get super complex or you can get keep it super simple. Um, but like what you want to have in the way of care in the event that you're incapacitated, who you want making those decisions as part of that document. Uh, highly recommend having like a bench of at least three different folks making that decision in case some person's not there or like the people were with you and they're incapacitated as well. You need to make sure that you've got like a list of folks to be able to go down in the event that you know something bigger happened. Um, yeah, we the, also you
0: were sorry to interrupt you there, but just kind of list a couple of those people that you just mentioned, like, when people hear the word guardian, I think they, they right away go to guardian of their children. What about guardian of you? Like, if you're not, if you're capacitated, who do you want being the guardian of you? Right. right. Who do you want making decisions? And that gets, can get complicated, especially if you've got maybe divorced parents who, right? Like, imagine how complicated that can get. So, guardian of you, trustee, who do you want managing your finances? executor, right? Who's executing, who's really kind of managing this and executing your wishes on your behalf. Now, can the same person have all three roles? Yes. Does it always make sense to? Not necessarily, right? Because maybe the guardian really stinks with money. Maybe they shouldn't be the trustee. But
1: you can do the same thing if you've got like minor kids. You can name... Like, okay, hey, I want the kids to go live with my sister, but my sister is terrible with money, and so I want the money to be managed by Ryan or whomever is in your life. It doesn't, like, you know, ultimately, it's it's usually challenging to name your advisors directly as, um, as trustees and things of that nature, um, although I've had clients that have attempted to do that, and, like, we've had to dissuade them from doing so, um, for all sorts of compliance reasons, but, uh, trying to figure out like, okay, who do we want in charge of what and, uh, like what decisions? Um, so usually it breaks down into like two main sets. One is health related, and then the other one is, uh, money related. Um, so the, those, those types of documents, um, then you've got your power of attorney. So that is somebody's ability to act on your behalf. And again, it can be durable, it can be springing, it can like, there's a whole host of different topics here. Again, talk with an attorney and make sure that you're doing it properly for your situation. Um, this is not designed to be legal advice. This is a, hey, here's why it's important to go make sure that you do these things. Um, and then beyond that, like it might be important to have some trust documentation. Um, again, this depends greatly upon what state you're in, how much money you have, a whole bunch of your finances. Um, sometimes the trust is important from a taxation standpoint, and it's a dollar amount that triggers the, the need for having a trust. Other times it is simply um, a, what do you want to have happen? And what are the, like, whom do you want to, to be in charge of things? And so a trust can be a great vehicle for keeping and maintaining some control.
0: Look, the, the whole reason we're, we're having this conversation today is that we, we have had too many conversations with all sorts of people, married couples, people in retirement, people with younger kids, people with older kids, people in their twenties. And the fact of the matter is, is all of this that we're talking into can happen to any one of them, let alone if you've got family and it gets more complicated, right? So estate planning documents. Are important to protect yourself and to protect your loved ones, right? And so th- that's the whole reason for this episode is, is to really open your eyes around that because again, as Alex said, when people talk about estate planning documents, they think they're for old people and that is 100% not the case, which takes us to the question today, Alex. Our question today is what is your experience with legal documents, specifically estate planning documents? So head over to beerandmoney.net and there's a contact us page for either answer that question or if you have specific questions around, you know, estate planning uh, when and related to finances, or if you're just looking to get more information, we're a resource. We know plenty of attorneys that we might be able to help you with introduction wise. So feel free to reach out to us uh, there uh, and we can see how we can help you depending on where you're at. Look, we started this podcast as a way, hopefully... (laughs) To kind of loosen up the conversation around money, right? It's a taboo topic. I mean, estate planning is even a further taboo topic from the standpoint of, I mean, most parents don't even tell their kids what their will and trust actually look like, right? So, I mean, that's a whole nother episode that we could get into here. But we started this to to open the conversation, have you think differently about your money and your financial situation for the purposes of you building what you want. So we hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins, cheers.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or quantified financial partners, and opinions stated are your own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 15319412. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023161318. Expiration September 2025.